Welcome to Remind the Podcast, where we make big mental health topics relevant to you. Every week, we'll talk about current topics in the mental health space with our own experience and a little research to justify our poor life choices, hopefully giving you a sense of understanding and comfort in talking about mental health. A disclaimer, we are two BSc psych grads, not licensed psychologists and never claim to be. If you're having struggles, see a GP, specialist or whoever you would normally seek help from. This is just for fun. Enjoy! You've pressed it. Does that mean it's starting? I have. Yes. Sick. Okay. Hi. How are you doing? Honestly, I'm having a bit of a mare today. Why? I'm going to be real with you. Life is just coming at me and it's just not <laughs> stopping. And it's my fault because I'm hungover. How are you? Uh, fair enough. Mm. I feel like life is just coming at me is a pretty good summary. <laughs> um, and also a pretty nice coincidental segue into today's episode actually yes which is we've so we've decided to start each episode with a question something that we can think about and deliberate and discuss and today's is is keeping it together always what's best for our mental health yes it's not a very simple black and white um first it might be so what's your take on it what's your take on it at face value is keeping it together what's best for our mental health because I know you and you are a serial keep it togetherer I was going to say um interesting that you noticed that um first it's good to define what keeping it together is yeah um so I suppose just from my experience that means attending my obligations my meetings going to the gym waking up regularly eating regularly trying to text my friends, etc. Just living the day-to-day life sort of without stopping to think. That's by keeping it together. Sure. But yeah, face value, my take is yes. I think that generally speaking, keeping it together is in fact more beneficial for our mental health than we might think. Okay. Um, I actually did my dissertation on this. Did you? Uh, I should know that. Well, no. <laughs> No, I didn't. Um, I was about to finish a sentence. <laughs> Carry on. Um, well, essentially, we are creatures of habits. Habits um, are the th- micro things that we do that essentially make up our day and most of our lives. So how we wake up in the morning, etc. Uh, and our habits make our routines. Uh, with that in mind, having a stable routine, um, especially things like sleep and waking patterns and working patterns, uh, contribute to our circadian rhythms. And it's really important to maintain those for physical health as well as mental health. Mm-hmm. So on a very basic level, I'm inclined to say that keeping it together, keeping it with your routine, whether you're a university student or um, working nine to five or whatever you're doing, um, it is important to keep those in check to at least, guarantee isn't the right word, but try to um, establish some base level of positive mental health. Sure. Um but I recognize that this is a super biased view. Um, yeah, that, well, course. I was going to say, when I hear like, <laughs> keep it together, or you're keeping it together, that's more like, in my head, I imagine it as more of a front, you know, when people mm. are really suffering or going through it, or life is coming at you. Why did and... you need to personally attack me? <laughs> <laughs> and keeping it together is how we say, you know, in a super English way, like have a stiff upper lip and mm. together and 
act like it's all all right. Um, and that's that's how I perceive keeping it together. And in those terms, I actually think, you know, super toxic, super toxic, just in terms of, you know, personal detriment in your self-identity, but also your social relationships. And um, it's just not kind to yourself or others because I think there's also a tendency to withdraw and I think Mm -hmm. I imagine from personal experience as well you know with close people close to me is that people want to keep it together because they don't want to become a burden and I think when you view yourself as a burden you know obviously mixed with mental health issues or um, mental illness specifically very very toxic and difficult to maneuver okay so I suppose what is coming here is a difference of the definition of keeping it together yeah um which is important to establish because of the reason that you've just said because there is a distinct difference between keeping it together in the sense of trying to maintain a sense of structure and normality in your life and then as you say being stoic to a fault for sure um And I'm inclined to say that whilst I think, whilst I just had my whole point on circadian rhythms and habits, etc., I'm very happy to concede on the fact that um, withdrawing from your social circle, overburdening yourself um, is inherently not related to positive mental health. I think it's one of the many factors that contributes, if not causes, burnout. Oh, yeah, for sure. you know that I was actually looking this up before a really just quick statistic in 2019 out of several thousand employees I'm inclined to say for 5,000 I think 44% so nearly half experienced burnouts um, and I wonder if okay partially that can be attributed to the whole notion of keeping it together not wanting to be a burden to your friends your family your work colleagues because mm-hmm. um, I know that can be difficult to um express yourself especially in those settings um but at the same time i again this is my very biased view but when our mental health isn't great i personally don't think it's always the best to concede to that straight away yeah because mental health is something that ebbs and flows it's just it can change from day to day you know, I'm interested to ask you. So, for example, if, say, there's a period of time, normally um, it's like exam periods and stuff where mental health just isn't great, normally for a, several weeks sure. at a time. Um, at what point do you start discontinuing the habits that keep you running and going? Like, for me, attending lectures was a big one. Yeah. Um, sleeping and exercising was a big one. The reason I'm apprehensive to say... Um, not keeping it together may be more beneficial is because I don't think it's positive either to relinquish those. No, I totally agree. I mean, that's to say, it's not a choice exactly, I know, but... um, I think when I... When I'm keeping it together... um, Yeah, I mean, it is habit formation. I, I try to have a pretty... I just, I just, (laughs) I fall apart without a routine, without a schedule. Mm. I mean, my life Mm. is meticulously scheduled or used to be. 
So, I mean, even now it's finding a way to keep it together with this, you know, new mm. hashtag graduate lifestyle. <laughs> Cry, hire oh, me. Oh God, and even hire more me, so. please. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think, yeah. you know, when you're looking at an exam season, I know I'm gonna be more stressed. I'm gonna get less sleep. I'm gonna exercise less. I'm gonna eat you know, snacks and trash food a bit mm. more or or I'm going to want to do those things, right? Mm. So I think it's, I, I actually think it's like a mental preparation for that okay. and trying to put as many things in place so it's easy to continue my habits as possible. Mm. So like mentally mm. preparing to say no to people like telling people in advance, like, I'm going to be really busy and I'm not going to want to hang out because I'm stressed um, and kind of being super upfront about that. So people, I mean, I also think it's, it's, it's when you have a good social circle, I think it's just a bit basic understanding of, you know, everyone knows it's a difficult time or people respecting boundaries well, you know, social support, um, the research establishes, is literally one of the most important precursors to positive mental health. Yeah. So absolutely right on that front. Although I think, so in what you're saying, you can anticipate, is that what I'm guessing? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's an anticipate how your habits will change, sure. maybe. Um, yes, and I think it's good to anticipate uh, these changes. So therefore, you know, you might not be so hard on yourself when these changes may or may not happen. Um, yeah, again, I don't know if this is my strange, skewed, biased view, but I think that generally speaking, humans in most states um, of ill or positive mental health are still at heart goal-oriented creatures. Yeah. Um, and so with that in mind, I wonder what the cycle is. So, you know, I wonder if kind of being open to putting away those habits, putting away those goals momentarily kind of creates more havoc. Okay. Right. Because complacency isn't the same thing as ill mental health. I want to make that very clear. But of course, you know, essentially what I was trying to say is by keeping it together, though, I think it's still really important to have those goals even if it's even if they're um pared down a bit you know you're not going to be running 15k a week you're going to be running once a week for as long as you can okay well here's a question comfortable do you think keeping it together so you can still get that dopamine do you think keeping it together <laughs> oh god is um is kind of an essential life skill because if yes. we're saying mental health ebbs and flows then hmm you know, there's always going to be a period of time every few months or weeks in which you have to keep it together. And mm. is the anticipate, does, can that keeping it together become, you know, part of a routine and habit? Because if oh, you know, so for example, I know the weather, I'm, I mean, I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty badly affected by seasonal affective disorder, where, mm -hmm. you know, when it's, dark or rainy especially in the winter time um I get quite badly affected by the weather I get quite sad I, I get quite withdrawn and I'm I'm fully aware of that and so in the winter months I kind of meant it's again that's this anticipation 
where I'm aware that my mental health is going to deteriorate and so I try my best to keep it together by Mm. Mm. um you know trying to be more social or engaging in things that I find fun in the winter time like staying in and drinking hot chocolate and things like that I thought you were just about to stop at drinking (laughs) or that you do mulled wine (laughs) is great too but um but can keeping it together be part a habit or part of your routine I very much think so the way I think of keeping it together um to me is an amalgamation of baseline behaviors um and actions so like I mentioned sleep you can tell that I'm obsessed with sleep which is ironic considering I've gotten none of it this week um but anyway yeah so these uh habitual behaviors they amalgamate to become a rope okay Uh, like a tightrope and again this is not perhaps the best metaphor but the more solid foundation behaviors that you have the more secure your tightrope is okay Right. So that when these periods where you have to keep, you know, open brackets, keep it together, um, you know, the wind kind of pushing you along this tightrope, the base behind you is a bit more secure. So you're more likely to be able to stay up top rather than if you are kind of putting away some of those really key behaviors like normal sleep patterns, which I know very much get affected by um, the sunlight patterns things like exercise things like diet if those aren't in check at least um the baseline physiological needs of ours then i'm inclined to think that the tightrope is is not going to be so secure and so when periods of stress do come along you're a lot more likely to experience burnout or ill mental health um which i think is probably my main overarching point um i'm not saying it's expected that you should just completely ignore your feelings or what you're going through but still try to take a good effort of treating yourself like someone you care about, right? Um, trying to keep those behaviours in check. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of my view on that. Um, and especially during things like winter, uh, where, like you just referenced, seasonal affect disorder affects many people uh, in Britain. Um, so with that comes low mood, lethargy, sort of uh, not feeling incentivized to do things yeah I think that makes it even more important to set small goals for yourself because you know there is some sort of dopaminergic response to us fulfilling a goal like even crossing things off our tick list um that can I think stacked all on top of each other can prove hugely beneficial to kind of storm the weather literally because English winters are just dreadful yeah um but of course again being reasonable with yourself um making sure that these are manageable yeah yeah. so it's basically about I mean I guess from what we've concluded so far is anticipating when Mm -hmm. you might not be able to keep it together um Mm -hmm. seeking social support because social support is one of you know the foundations of healthy mental health and health Mm -hmm. healthy mental states and also just being able to set good habits and goals a hundred percent and what if you're not a planner or an organizer or a what if you oh I do forget that there are people out there who don't actually <laughs> live to their spreadsheets like us yeah what imagine? if you don't schedule every 30 minutes of your day what would you well, advise for that... keeping it together or is keeping it together hmm. ever overrated okay so there's two questions the first one for those who aren't planners um I think 
the same applies really i think if we just think of ourselves um oh as systems this isn't a metaphor i like to use it's just for the answer i'm giving um think about the very fundamental basic things that we need now even if you're not a planner an individual like that knows that you should sleep anyway at some point you should eat at some point you should probably go outside and exercise at some point and call your friends at some point um and so with that thinking about uh what might affect you the most or what is the easiest to manage um yes it requires a little bit of thought and introspection into um you know your lifestyle and stuff because i understand it's not always easy to have the same routine forever Mm. um but just nailing down those super basic things, establishing these habits like walking to work or cycling to work in the morning instead of taking the bus. I think you don't need to be a planner to do that. Or, um, I don't know, trying to have at least three meals generally at the same time. So it's a bit of introspection and knowing what works best for you. Yeah. Which is kind yeah, of 100%. obvious advice, but, you know, yeah. keeping it together is only as good as your as well as you know yourself and what works for you. Of course, there's, there's no single template here because um, it will look very different to different people. I imagine that you and I might approach it similarly because we're quite organised and we enjoy planning things and anticipating the future. For those who are more um, live in the moment, present-oriented, it might be different. But I think some key introspection and making sure that at least your body um, is generally well looked after should be set you on a decent path mm-hmm. now is keeping it together overrated yes and no um yes in the sense that i think it can it's almost like a, a form of currency in a way sort of the more put together or you look no not put together but well kept together you see more appear in a sense the more you might think oh people might respect me and so do you think keeping together all the time do you think keeping it together is more external rather than internal in order to gain yourself social value or social respect and um depends on the kind of person you are but I think that's where the line gets blurry right like who are you keeping it together for exactly yeah I mean yourself to maintain positive health in general or to receive social validation from others because I think we may um we may try to keep it together for the latter more than we realize. And it's very important to make that distinction because I think actually that may have the converse effect. Yeah. You might have that imposter syndrome, you know, you're not actually doing well and it's to appease others. You're not doing things for you exactly. Well, I think it's definitely fine. Again, it's that social support because you want to fit into your social group, whatever that may be, you know, your friends, your Mm. colleagues, your family, whoever you're trying to whoever you are around and want to be around it's about finding the balance between you know being able to fit in and keep it together maybe when you have to as well um mm-hmm. maintaining a good balance and healthy life but not doing it for the social validation and not having mm-hmm. social validation as high as part of your social identity yes. Because, of 100%. course, like it's important for people to like you. You want people to like you. That's just people, <laughs> right? <laughs> you want to make friends. You want to be appreciated and loved. But it's not having that as a pillar of your identity. It's that I don't need to look like I've got my whole life together for people to like me. And if that's the only reason Absolutely. people like you, then 
you can put them in the get bin. Get friends. You can get friends on Bumble now. I mean, like, <laughs> stack those people. Um, but yeah, 100%. Um, because as I say, I, I think when our, when we think about our behaviours, I know we don't actually often think about them because habits, to be fair, by definition, are just quite automatic. We don't tend to think about them. Mm. But if we, if we think a little bit, um, try to imagine how many of these behaviours do we do for other people, whether that's our colleagues or our family, because um, we have responsibilities, our children or our friends, um, partners even. And I think that might give you a very interesting look at where you are in terms of, um, <clears throat> sorry, this balance of keeping it together. You know, am I doing this um, for my friend? You know, am I over... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and is this behavior is this habit of what i'm doing just for them exactly and i think um, that well i guess it does have personal value if you think it's valuable but yeah is it enriching or improving your life as well because i mean you know my father's not a philosopher but he did say only you can life your life and yes i know it's mr min but i know (laughs) wisdom bombs left right and center but i think that's absolutely true and does tie in to this whole question that we're trying to answer of whether keeping it together is good for our mental health. We've unraveled some layers as to what keeping it together even means. Cause even you and I had slightly varying definitions, Yeah, you know? Um, and I think valuable points have definitely been drawn from both. So the anticipation, um, social support, um, but also recognizing the positive aspects of keeping some basic habits um, trying to keep them continuous yeah. you know as well so it's a very it's a very I um, think we could talk for hours about this question talk. I know looking at completely different aspects but on on the 23 minutes we've had it's <laughs> gone quite quickly but um I know. <clears throat> answer oh the gosh. question as you know how would you answer this question after this discussion oof I need like a yeah, statement. I'll take it. Oh my God. Same. <laughs> Do you want to take it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, of everything we've spoken about, I think keeping it together is sometimes necessary. Or is, is a lot of the time necessary. If we're talking about it in terms of habits, then yes. Keeping it together, maintaining your habits, creating a healthy lifestyle with whatever works best for you is for sure the best thing for your mental health to kind of maintain that longevity um, for yourself. And it's just mentally and physically valuable. With another definition of keeping it together, also, yes, you know, keeping up um, an appearance and getting through a, a turbulent or difficult time, for sure, super valuable. But also knowing that, you know, maybe in the short term it's helpful to get through it because um, you have to, but in the long term seeking social support and again anticipating and setting up systems and habits and valuable social network is better um, and is is making that what keeping it together looks like. That's your definition is the best thing. I... I agree with everything you've said. (laughs) No, I I really, you've put it so eloquently. I couldn't have put it better. Um, Yeah, I hope that's been a really interesting discussion for everyone. Um, And hopefully plant some seeds into thought as we do careen into these colder months, especially where, you know, 
patterns change, habits might falter a little bit. Um, and of course, with the ongoing coronavirus situation, um, hopefully that's given some valuable food for thought. We want to keep looking at different questions. So if you have any mm-hmm. other questions, if you have any questions for us, please send us questions. <laughs> we want to oh, talk, we, we, need, need, we need things to talk about. Um, yeah, there's just so much to unpack. This is only the beginning. We'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Remind the Podcast. All of the research used in this episode can be found in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also follow our Instagram page at remind.thepodcast to get all of the latest updates on the show. That's all for now. Stay tuned for our next episode.